You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith, and we have an ugly one. Another ugly series to break down today on Monday, June the 14th. But something that's not ugly is our sponsor, Locked On MLB. Be sure to join Walkling Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Uh, follow the Locked On MLB network on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk, so subscribe today. I'm sure you might be talking about last night's game as the Cardinals fall 2-0, and you might even be talking about the St. Louis Cardinals as they have faltered and tripped and fallen down to below the 300 mark at 32 and 33. And it was just another ugly series. These series continue to get uglier and uglier. You thought that you know maybe the Cardinals had a little bit of momentum heading into this series with a win against the Cleveland Indians, but nevertheless, it, it it is not true, as uh, any momentum the Cardinals did have was was halt, put to a screeching halt um, this weekend. As you know, credit to where credit is due, the Chicago Cubs played better than St. Louis. Not hard to do right now, but the Cardin or the Cubs outplayed St. Louis, and at some point that just is what it is. Um, so I'll, I'll break down each game individually here in a bit, as well as talk a little bit about today's game coming up against the Miami Marlins. Uh, a game that I will be at, by the way, which is kind of exciting as Bush Stadium opens to full capacity uh, for the first time since 2019. Um, and I was at one of the last games of Bush Stadium. I was at Game 4 of the National League Division Series uh, when Yachty hit the walk-off sacrifice fly. So, um, of course, they had two more games after that against the Washington Nationals. But uh, still, full capacity today, super exciting. Uh, and it, just as a, another quick heads up before I get into a little bit more content, that the mic does sound different today. I do uh, apologize traveling a little bit this weekend. Uh, still able to watch all the games, obviously, but traveling a little bit this weekend, helping my girlfriend move and such, so I wasn't able to pack the microphone. So uh, if it sounds a little bit iffy, that, that would be wise, hoping to get back on a regular mic on Wednesday because um, I'll still be traveling, obviously, to the game tomorrow. But nevertheless, a um, lot, lot of hatred, a lot of negativity, a lot of ang- angry Angriness, anger going across Cardinal Twitter right now and Cardinal Nation, and for good reason. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to preface all of this by saying, hey, there's reason to be angry. This Cardinal team is not playing well. Uh, this Cardinal front office seems, you know, yes, they, they say that they're look, looking to make moves, looking to shake things up, but they, they seem to be just kind of content with where they're at. And right now where they're at is six games out of first place at 32 and 33. I don't think that's where they want to be at. And it, it's it's a perfect storm right now, in my opinion, for the players anyway. It's a perfect storm, perfect negative storm for or when you have guys on the offensive end that are just straight up struggling. You have Nolan that's not hitting very well. Edmund and Carlson are both kind of in a funk. O'Neal has cooled off slightly in the last couple of games here and there. Obviously, Wednesday not included in that. Uh, Goldschmidt still just seems to not be fully there right now. Yachty's kind of in a slump. So you have all these offensive characters, you know, and you, you could say, well, this is what they're supposed to do. The, the 
You know, they're, they're, this is their potential. They're not a slump. They are what they are. And I could say, okay, I understand that 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 point. But I, I would say most of these guys, including Arenado and Goldschmidt and O'Neill, are better than what they're showing right now, or at least what better what they showed over the weekend. And it's a perfect storm of that. Plus, the the rotation and pitching is just banged up. Flaherty, Kim, Michaelis, we all know that. It's it's not easy to formulate this starting rotation when three of your guys are done. And even Dakota Hutton, who was supposed to play a big role until the end of last year, um, he's out with injury. So it's just a real unfortunate situation. And I'm not trying to put no blame on anybody because at some point, you know, you can make all the excuses you want, but at some point, something needs to change. Whether you make a trade, whether you fire somebody, a lot of people right now are calling for Mike Shields' job. And I think that there is definitely some reason to that. There's definitely some thought process to go into that. And now I feel like a lot more people are also saying that this is a lost season. The season's over. Something that this team is just not good. And to both those points, I would echo a word of caution. And again, I could eat these words. We could go two more weeks of this struggle and nothingness, and I could eat these words 100%. I'll accept that if that happens. But I do think this team is better than what they're playing right now, and the injuries are unfortunate. So for that reason, for those reasons, I think that this, this season is far from over. They need to kick it into gear quickly, and things do need to change, whether it be philosophy, results, some energy needs to be inducted, because this team just isn't fun to watch right now. If anything needs to change, even if there's no personnel changes, the energy on this team needs to change. There's just They're not fun to watch. And this should be a fun team to watch. You've got, on paper, the best first third base combo in all of baseball. You've got Yadier Molina behind the plate. You've got a very young and exciting outfield. So when you look at just the names and a little bit of the paper, you'd think this team should be fun to watch. But it's just not the case. When you've got John Gant walking the moon, when you've got the bullpen walking everybody, everybody both those guys are walking everybody, and, and even including those on the moon and on Mars. Not a single person that they haven't walked, it seems like. And it's just frustrating when you have those guys kind of stalling everything. Because momentum, I think, starts first and foremost with the starting pitching, or with, with pitching in general. And when the pitching is off to a slow start, when you're walking everybody, even when you're just not pitching well, it's really tough to get anything going. Really, really difficult. This team needs a change. Do they need a Max Scherzer type change? Maybe. I'd be okay with the trade for Max Scherzer. Some guys are floating around the idea of trading Nolan Gorman. No. Absolutely not. No way am I trading Nolan Gorman for Max Scherzer. Even as good as Max Scherzer is, I just don't think that would pay off in the long run. Scherzer isn't even guaranteed to be on the team that he is with at the end of this year, past next year. His contract's up. So you could trade away the future, and we've seen how Cardinals giving up on players with talent has gone. You give up the future for a guy that could, might give you 10, 15 starts, at most 15 starts, and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're SOL. You're out of luck. So I'm not okay with trading Nolan Gorman for Max Scherzer. Is there a deal that could be worked out? Possibly. Nolan Gorman has been on a terror right now at the AA level. Matthew Liebertor pitched well the other day as well in his first start at Memphis since the Olympic trials were over. So this team needs pitching help, and at some point, you've got to ask yourself, is it time to bring up these young guns of the Thompsons and Libertors? Or which one of them, or which one of the other young pieces do you want to move on from to get 
a major league ready arm, a proven major league ready arm. Because I've said it before, I'll say it now, and I'll probably say it again in this podcast. Something needs to change. Otherwise, we're going to keep seeing what we're seeing, and this team is going to keep going down, down, downward spiral in what seems like never-ending. This team needs a jump start. The good thing is, a slight good thing, is the fact that the schedule coming up looks somewhat promising. And again, you see the Cardinals right now, they're counted as a team under 500 because they're under 500. But they're playing a lot of teams that are under 500 coming up. They're facing off against Miami at home this week. They've got at Atlanta this weekend. They're facing the Tigers next week. They're at, at, at Detroit. They're facing the Pirates at home next weekend. And then against the Diamondbacks. If the Cardinals are a good team, if they are a competitive team, these next th- two and a half weeks need to be some wins. They need to be some W's for the Cardinals. Because uh, you would think, you know, going into the season, the Cardinals were supposed to be head and shoulders above better than what they're at right now and better than all these teams that they're about to face. They need to prove it. They need to take advantage of this quote-unquote weaker schedule. And they are due, as Joe Kilgallen talked about on Friday's episode, how he would rather face a team on a winning streak rather than a team on a losing streak because teams on losing streaks are due. Boy, oh boy, are the Cardinals due. Two wins in their last 10. It seems forever ago the Cardinals actually had any sort of a winning streak going. And that was all the way back again in the Arizona series the last week of May. It was two weeks ago. feels like forever ago. So calling for Schultz job, I think, is a bit too soon. Would I be surprised if he gets fired here pretty shortly? No. Because, as I said before, something needs to change. So I'll go through the three games over the weekend against Chicago, talk what went wrong there, talk about what's coming up in tonight's game against Miami, and a little bit more coming up in the next couple segments of Lockdown Cardinals, so stay tuned. Wealthfronts can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes because investing can be complicated. So Wealthfront makes it easy, easy whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years. No more manual trades or picking stocks or watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest because for the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover their low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, this is automatic. All you need is $500 to get started. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. So for that first $5,000 managed for free for life, Head over to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That is W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Once again, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. We are going back to Friday's game to start, a game that Johan Oviedo started in, and he actually looked pretty good. For the most part, his final line is not what is not what I'm looking at there because his final line is not good. Four and a third, five hits, four earned, a walk, and five punch outs. Gave up a home run as well. But he looked really sharp for the first three innings. Even the home run he gave up against Peterson in the fourth. 
That fourth inning was a sharp inning. That was the only base runner in that fourth inning for the Chicago Cubs was that homer. So he looked really sharp. And then the fifth, things just started to, to unravel for Oviedo. And it was after the Cardinals scored three runs in the top of the fifth. So maybe him being out there for super long bothered him. I think what probably bothered him more so was the fact that he walked the leadoff net on four straight pitches in Wilson Contreras. Got a fly out, but then Hayward singled an odd passed ball uh, to score Contreras by Molina that you wouldn't expect Molina to, to let that happen too often. And then he gives up a triple. And then an error by Molina on a pickoff attempt. Hap singled anyways. And that was it for Oviedo. Helsley comes in and gets two more outs. But, you know, Johan has shown us now, really back-to-back starts, that he's got some stuff. You know, the stuff is there for Johan Oviedo. And I think that in and of itself is one of the more promising things from the weekend. Is the fact that Oviedo didn't embarrass himself. You know, like I said, the final line, not great. But overall, Oviedo took a step in the right direction. I think another problem the Cardinals have is that too many players are just taking steps in the right direction and not just taking things and running with it. You know, I, I, was, I was okay with that start by Oviedo because now he's got something to work off, work off of. He's got a little bit of confidence. He can move, move, move from this a little bit, taking the positives from it. Uh, but after him, the bullpen just did not get it done. Helsley got it done. Ponce de Leon did not get it done. And, oh, I mean, he, he pitched against Anthony Rizzo. For those of you who missed it with Ponce de Leon and Anthony Rizzo, 14-pitch at-bat resulting in a home run for Anthony Rizzo. I know a Cub player hit it. I know Anthony Rizzo hit it. I know it was to tie the game. But what a baseball moment. Wrigley Field, full capacity for the first time since 2019. Anthony Rizzo, and for my money, the face of the franchise right now, goes up, gives you the most professional at-bat you're ever going to find, and it's a home run, and Wrigley Field was a rockin'. And you know what? That was just an incredible baseball moment. Hats off to Rizzo, and Ponce Leondos wasn't able to put him away. And it was one of those things that just, you know, Ponce Leon just doesn't have enough pitches in his repertoire to put out a guy like Anthony Rizzo. And as Cabrera comes in, he gets tagged with two earned runs as well. He did not pitch well. Giovanni Gallegos, or Cabrera came in to start the end. Gallegos comes in. Neither one of his inherited runners um, come around to score. So that's a good thing. Um, so Cardinals faced had two inherited runners uh, in the day, Jose and Gallegos, um, and neither one of them scored. So that's a positive. That's a, that's a good thing for the bullpen. However, Jake Woodford started the inning clean, and he gave up a home run as well uh, uh, to Wilson Contreras to kind of seal the deal there because you figure the Cardinals, you know, they could have scored two against Kimbrell, but you figured that they weren't scoring three off of Craig Kimbrell. Cardinals were able to get to Cole Stewart early, look at the offense from this game. Uh, Cole Stewart tagged for five earned runs and four innings. I think he was optioned back to AAA after the start. And, you know, it just seemed literally after that fifth inning, they kind of shut down. Because the momentum that they had from the Cleveland series, they brought with them early in the game. Matt Carpenter had an RBI single. Nolan Arenado had an RBI single. Carlson had an RBI double. Arenado had another RBI single mixed in there. So you thought, okay, the offense is starting to click. And then, you know, after Cole Stewart, the Cub bullpen lived up to its reputation and shut down the Cardinal offense, throwing five scoreless innings. Thompson won, Nance two, Tapera, Kimbrell one each. So that was just one of those days that, okay, Cubs beat you. They out, you know, they out slugged you. That game was what it was. And then Saturday, a game on national television, 
And I, I also, it was weird that the Cubs wore their City Connect uniforms the same day that the Cardinals were wearing their powder blue ones. I tweeted this out. I like both of them separately. Not a fan of them together. So top of the second, Arnado. Bomb. Great start. Awesome. They're beating the professor for once. It feels like the professor, Carla Hendricks, always beats them. And then John Gant comes out with uh, his second poor start in a row. And his ERA has skyrocketed to 3.36. Gets tagged for five earned runs and an inning and two-thirds. And in those six out, five outs excuse me, that he got, he walked five batters. That just is unacceptable at the major league level. I, I just... I, we, we can't talk about it. We, we can't say it enough. So I'm not going to try and beat a dead horse here. But John Gant just has to stop walking people. It sounds, I mean, it sounds meaningless. It sounds like an obvious thing. But he, he just has to stop walking people. Just simply has to stop walking people. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If he doesn't walk people, he pitches well, and he wins. Beyond him, Woodford gave up an earned run in an inning in the third. Um, Seth Elledge gave up an earned run. But after that, really impressive stuff from... Uh, Rondon, Reyes, Fernandez going backwards here, but I was really impressed with Andrew Miller, uh, who's coming off of a bruised toe injury uh, IL stint, and he's come back with a couple of phenomenal games. Uh, you know, I talked about about three or four times in the broadcast that I'm watching over the weekend that, you know, he doesn't need to be his 2016, 2017 stealth. He just needs to be decent. And I was like, guys, I think we know that he doesn't need to be his 2016, 2017 self. Just needs to be decent, and he has been decent uh, since coming back. Uh, he did not pitch in May because of the injury, but in June, he has a scoreless outing in two and a third inning, a scoreless inning, a scoreless inning, and a scoreless inning and a third. So in June, he's got five and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. His ERA was lowered from 8.59 to 4.58 on the season. So really impressive stuff from Andrew Miller. Another slight positive from the weekend. But again, the offense just too much. The offense of the Cubs, too much to handle for the Cardinals. We did see um, strike him out, throw him out um, a couple times in this series. One of them with Bryant um, and another one, uh, I forget who was, who was running. I think Rizzo was running one time um, and somebody else running the other time. So Yadi continues to impress defensively in that way. Although, like I said, he did have the couple errors mixed in there. Um, but again, just another story of pitching not great and the offense being bad. And on yesterday, Sunday, uh, the Cardinals just weren't able to to get anything going against Zach Davies. Six and two-thirds, uh, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. I think one of his longer starts of the season, uh, he might have had one go in a seven. I can't remember what Vasquezin said in the broadcast, but Cardinals just seem to struggle against guys that have sinker changeups. guys like Hendricks and Davies. Just seems to, to they can't pick up the ball well, can't square it up, something. Uh, the Cardinals were able to get to Davies, at least put some pressure on him in the seventh with a leadoff double. And then your three, four hitters both ground out, seeing three pitches for Goldschmidt and two for Arenado. And I get it that they're Paul Goldschmidt, Arenado, and I talked about this at the getting on paper, they're incredible, blah, blah, blah. But that just seems like it happens too often where they just don't take solid professional at-bats, productive at-bats to move runners over. And again, it didn't end up mattering because you had to walk and then a ground out, but still, maybe if one guy gets the runner over, then things change a little bit. It was just it, it, seeing two two quality hitters like that take those two kinds of at-bats was really frustrating to see. And on a night when the Cardinals seemed like they couldn't get any more frustrated, they did after those two at-bats were taken by Goldschmidt and Arenado. And then again, 
in the in the ninth inning, they got a little bit of something going with a with a one out walk by Paul Goldschmidt. But other than that, three punch outs for Craig Kimbrell, and you know the, the offense was just shut out. Pretty, you know, it was pretty cut and dry there. Just able to muster two hits on the whole night. And you know, like I talked about a little bit at the beginning, Carlos Martinez was really good today or yesterday, excuse me, on on, on Sunday night. Seven innings, four hits, two unearned runs, a walk, and six punchouts. If it weren't for an error by Paul DeYoung, uh, he would have had a shutout, you know, assuming all things continue to go. And, you know, he had some energy. I talked about it the first segment. The Cardinals need some energy. He provided some energy and, and some excitement for the Cardinals. Jumping up and down, hopping off the mountain, say what you will about him. Last night was a good start and a typical Carlos Martinez start. Dotting the fastball, spinning the slider off of it, throwing the changeup, mixing it up in there, going up, down, in, out, pitching. Pitching at its finest, and that was a solid Carlos Martinez start. But again, you know, I'm not trying to jump ship from what I talked about on Friday or Thursday, I'm just being done with them. Wednesday, whenever it was, his last bad start. I think it was Wednesday's episode. You know, I'm still there. I'm still like, you just can't depend on him as a major league starter at this point because he'll give up 15 earned runs in. Uh, in two starts, then throw seven, you know, not a shutout start because you gave up unearned runs, but seven innings of no no earned runs the, the very next time out. So the consistency is not there. And he needs, for me, in my opinion, he needs to string together four, five, six starts like this for me to even begin to have any hope in CMART. But again, credit to, to him last night. Helsley also with a... Uh, Eventful, but a scoreless top half of the bottom half, rather, of the eighth. And like I talked about, offense just non existent. I think uh saw a stat somewhere that they were Cardinals have now scored two runs in 21 innings uh, since the sixth inning on Saturday night or Friday night, I believe, or something like that. Because uh, it's been the offense, like I said, just non existent. And like I said, it, it's, it's just been the perfect storm. And, you know, Cub fans are probably going to make us hear it on Twitter. I'm probably going to hear it from my twin brother tomorrow about the sweep that just happened at Wrigley Field. And the Cardinals, as Cardinal fans, we just need to eat it because the Cardinals have not been playing well. They didn't play well over the weekend by any stretch of the imagination. And I just don't know where else to go because something needs to change. Uh, there, there, There you go. I said it again. Something needs to change. However, like I talked about on Wednesday, the good news is, or no, I sorry, I talked about this on Tuesday. The good news is Adam Wainwright gets the ball at home the next day. This time the next day is tomorrow. Um, Wainwright has a 2.62 ERA at home this season. So hopefully he can right the ship for St. Louis. Again, I'll preview that matchup as well as um, the rest of the series against Miami in segment number three quickly. Um, but again, like my uh, Locked On Now video on the Twitter and Instagram uh, at LO underscore Cardinals said, Sunday night's sadness was last night as the Cardinals, for lack of a better word, embarrassed themselves on national television once again. I'm done talking about this weekend. I'll probably continue to talk about the negatives of it throughout the show, uh, just because, the, you know, the, the future shows because of how, you know, never-ending this losing slump seems. Um, done talking about this weekend. So take one more break before I preview this. Hopefully, uh, hopeful <laughs> a positive series coming up here against Miami Marlins. So one quick break to talk about our incredible sponsors, then back to baseball. 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and it has been for a while now. They have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, we all have our favorites. Mine is double chocolate, because I love me some chocolate. They also have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, and salted caramel. So yeah, there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, that's okay. Get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors, all of them covered in 100% chocolate. But they're not just covered in chocolate. They're not just the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest place to bet on all, that's right, all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline, as well as action in the NBA playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, and all your UFC MMA action. You can not only place bets, but you can also get the latest news, odds, and info. So before the next pitch tomorrow, or today, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard that right. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by entering the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Cardinals return home for a three-game set against the Miami Marlins. And as I teased a little bit, Adam Wainwright gets the ball in game one tonight, and he has been outstanding at home. Once again, that 2-6-2 ERA at home. I remember, I believe it was 2016, um, the 10-year anniversary of the uh, 2006 World Championship team, and Wainwright started that game, and I believe he went the complete game against the Miami Marlins. So he said he could be playing for five more years, and here we are, five years later. He's still playing, still pitching, and you know I think for the most part pitching at a high level. So I think that the Cardinals get a win tonight. Uh, I said this. I, I just don't bet against Adam Wainwright at home anymore. He is too good at home, especially against this Miami Marlins offense. Not a lot of guys have too much history against Wainwright. Uh, Sterling Marte is 346 and 26 at bats, but other than that, Duvall is one for 11. Dickerson has six at-bats, uh, Jorge Alfaro has two, and Jesus Aguilar has one. Um, so not a lot of ex- experience against Adam Wainwright, so another reason that I tend to go towards Adam tonight. And then Braxton Garrett, who's the announced starter on MLB.com for the Marlins, is going. He's 0-1 with a 6-4-3 ERA. Um, his first start in 2021 was his most recent one when he gave up two runs on five hits across four innings. He's Miami's number seven prospect. Um, he walked three batters and struck out three, so... Obviously, no prior experience there, so who knows what we're going to get from Garrett. But again, just having Wainwright on the bump tonight, I just uh, don't want to go against him. 17 first pitch, 715 first pitch. No other announced starters for the Cardinals on uh, Tuesday's game, but they do face a really good lefty in Trevor Rogers. 7-3 on the year. ERA of 2.02. He struck out six 
or he's gone at least six innings in each of his last three starts. Um, in the season debut, however, against these Cardinals, he walked a walked four in in the loss. Um, so maybe the Cardinals can use that to their advantage. But um, tentatively, it's Johan Oviedo for the Cardinals. Uh, I know that has been the proposed starter again as I record this late Sunday night. Uh, that is the only thing I'm hearing of right now. But in that start against the Cardinals that I'm referencing for Rodgers, he went four innings, gave up two hits, two earned runs, walked four, struck out six. Um, and since then, he has been on an absolute roll, especially in the month of May when he owned a 2.34 ERA in six starts. Uh, so hopes, tentatively, Johan Oviedo goes Tuesday. Hopefully he can build off his last good start. And then in a one fifteen game on the 16th, um, Possibly KK Kim or Yohan Oviedo. Again, you could flip flop either one of those depending on how the injury, the bullpen went. And uh, again, so it's either going to be Yohan Oviedo Tuesday, Kim Wednesday, or you can switch that around and the Cardinals travel out to Atlanta. I just, again, with, with the way that the pitching matchup looks up, lines up, you might, I feel best about today's game with Wayne going. And then with Rodgers and Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins, you know, those, those are two tall tasks ahead of, ahead of St. Louis. So I just don't know what they're going to do. So I'm not going to predict anything. I just, especially with the way the offense is, you, you're almost, even with we're not going tonight, you don't feel super comfortable with how sluggish the offense has been. So it, it's it's a tough time to be a Cardinal fan right now, uh, but hopefully we'll be looking at this in October and laughing at this little losing streak and a little rough patch the Cardinals are in uh, when we look back on this. Uh over in October. So before I let you go, be sure to listen to Locked On Today where you get all the sporting news you need in under 20 minutes with the host, Peter Bukowski. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Follow this app, podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And you can email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. So I'll begin. I'll be at the game tomorrow. Let me know if you're going to be at the game tomorrow. Um, maybe we can get a picture together or something like that, and hopefully we can both enjoy a Cardinal win as they look to break this three-game losing streak. So until I talk to you again, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.